Greetings. It's good to be here. I'm happy to see each one of you. And like Alvin said, we just take turns and I'll be very honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous. It's my first, first time, so just bear with me. And if you haven't, haven't already, I ask that you just take a minute and say a word of prayer for me. This morning I'd like to talk to you about trusting God and what does that mean? My, my thoughts go a lot of different ways when, when I'm thinking of trusting God, but I think in reality it means just handing everything over to Him. Just sometimes that's really tough, but I think we just hand everything over to Him and say, here you go, Lord, just take it, and then just, just trust Him, no matter what circumstances we're in. Jeremiah 17, verse 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and spread out its roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from the yielding of fruit. So he's talking about, if you've ever walked along a river and you've seen these great big, like, what I, when I think of a tree beside a river, I think of a sycamore tree. And the roots are, they're massive, they just spread out. Jeremiah is saying if we trust in the Lord, that's exactly how we're going to become. We're going to be firmly planted in, in the Word of God, which is the Bible. And we're going to walk, he's going to direct our paths. Sometimes God might seem distant from us, but we just, once again, just have to trust him. And I've been often there when God just seemed a little distant, and I'm, I'm sure he wasn't. It was me that was distant from him. You see, Job was a mighty man of God, and he was going through all kinds of pain and tribulation because we know how how the devil and, and the Lord spoke back then. And the, and the Lord was, he was proud of Job, of the guy he was. So Satan, Lord allowed, allowed Satan to take everything away from Job. And he had all kinds of pains and boils on his body. And he had lost his children. And he was a wealthy man, but he lost all his wealth. His wife, was of no more help. She told him to give up. And yet in all of that, here's what Job said. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I mean, he, he had lost everything. He was in great pain, but still he wanted to trust the Lord. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And if we, if we think about that, that's again uh, what Jeremiah was saying, how a tree beside a river, his roots are spread out, and he's getting moisture from the river to continue, continue to grow and be mighty. 
even though if there would come a drought, he, would, he wouldn't feel it because he's still getting that moisture. And I believe just like that is how we need to be. We need to continue to be in the Bible, read the word, and that's how we grow. And then he's going to direct our paths. If, I believe if, if we trust God with all our heart, I'm talking about everything. If we hand everything over to God and say, here you go, Lord, I believe our fears are going to grow smaller and smaller, and we're just, we're going to be a lot more happier. It says, in all our ways, acknowledge him. He wants to hear about everything, not just, not just the big things that are happening. He wants to hear about everything that we do. In Matthew 6, verse 25 and 34, it says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have food, drink, or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildfires, flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He's certainly going to care about us. Why do you have so little faith? That's a good reminder for me um, not to worry. It says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things, I want you to listen to this. It says, these things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will, he's going to give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus was teaching us not to worry. He's, he just wants us to trust, trust in him. Just hand it all over. Let's trust him. God wants us to remember he's in control. He wants us to talk to him about our struggles. And oftentimes I find when I have my biggest struggles, I don't, it's when I'm not talking as much to God. I'm not handing everything over. He is, God is consistent. He is a God of love, and he wants, he, he loves us so much, and he just wants to take care of our problems for us. You can trust him to always do exactly what he says he'll do. He'll never let you down. And I'm sure, if you're my friend, I'm sure I've let you down, but God is just the opposite. He'll never let you down. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly 
above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He is capable of answering all our prayers, but he doesn't always, he doesn't always answer like we think he should. But I, I believe he's got a plan for each one of you if you only take the time to listen to him and trust in him. How do we listen to God? We study the word. If we study the word and pray, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to guide us. I'd like to read a chapter about, I'm sure you've heard this story. It's about three men and how they trusted God above all else. They didn't care what happened to them. They handed everything over to God. So we're going to read in Daniel chapter 3. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar, and this was a king of Babylon. Babylon was a humongous nation. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. This statue was 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. It was about probably almost three times as big as this church, tall and about 9 feet wide. And he set it up on the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. I believe it was a great field. He set it up. And then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. He sent, all, he sent for all the important people to come, and he wanted them all in the plain where this statue was. When they were all there, a herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. He was asking these people, they were like in today's, today's words, they would be like our police officers, governors, all those people, the important people, he was asking to bow down and worship his idol. He said, anyone who refuses is going to be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue. When they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, it almost reminds me like it was a great big band that would, every so often it would play and all the people would bow. That's kind of how I picture it. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
These, these three men came from Judea. Uh, before King Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Judea, and he had spared a couple Jews because he thought they would be an asset to his kingdom. Whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the golden statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. They were brought in. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, but if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? He was sure that they are going to do it because he gave him one more chance. And it wasn't like him to give one more chance, I don't believe. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue you have set up. And here, if you, if you read this, here you can see how much they trusted in God. They gave everything over, and they said, no matter what happens, we're, we're only going to serve him. They didn't care to save themselves. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became disordered with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and throw them into a blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. Because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. Can you imagine how hot that would have been? They even, just to come close, it would have killed you. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. And earlier he had, he had kind of, I don't know how to word it, he, he, he had said that what god is going to be able to save you. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come on out here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. 
Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's commandments and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, they will be torn limb for limb, and their house will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. See, these, because they trusted God and they were set over, they already were higher officials than the regular citizens. Because they trusted God, he, they, could, they could be a witness to the king. And they could be a witness to a lot of people. They could have very easily just said, well, we're just going to bow this one time and then maybe after that we'll repent. Or... But they didn't. They, they decided they're going to trust God no matter what. Because of that, the king turned to their God because he's seen what kind of witness they were. They knew it could cost their lives and they weren't sure if he was going to save them, but, but, they did. but what they were sure is that they're going to stay strong. My challenge to each of you is that you trust God just like they did. Let's just give God all our struggles and trust him. In Matthew 11, verse 28 and 30, it says, Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He is inviting you, so you can read there Matthew 11, verse 28-30. He's inviting you to, if you're, if you're laboring for God, if you're born again, you're going to have struggles, and he's inviting you to turn it all over to him. Isaiah 40, verse 31, says, but they who weigh down the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know how that would be to run and not grow weary and walk, if you just continue to walk and not faint. I'd like to ask you to turn to Psalms 31. It says, O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. Save me for what you do, what is right, 
Turn your ear to listen to me. Rescue me quickly. Be my rock of protection, a fortress where I will be safe. You are my rock and my fortress for the honor of your name. Lead me out of this danger. Pull me from the trap my enemies set for me, for I find protection in you alone. I entrust my spirit into your hand. Rescue me, Lord, for you are a faithful God. He says, I hate those who worship worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing love. For you have seen my troubles, and you care about the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to mine enemies, but have sent me in a safe place. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withering away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away within. I am scorned by all my en enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out to you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, those proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection, blessing them before the watching world. You hide them in the shelter of your presence, safe from those who conspire against them. You shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Praise the Lord, for he has shown me the wonders of his unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. In panic I cried out, I am cut off from the Lord. But you heard my cry for mercy and answered my call for help. Love the Lord, all you godly ones, for the Lord protects those who are loyal to him but he harshly punishes the arrogant. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we just come to you this morning. We're thankful that we can gather and worship your name, study and learn more. I just ask that you be with each one of these brethren that are gathered here today and sisters. You be with us throughout this next week. I just pray that you will bless each one of them. Blessings to you.